Before we get into today's very, very special little episode, we want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, which is Starbucks at Home. You guys know that we are huge coffee fans here at Life Uncut. Starbucks at Home allows you to find your perfect match very conveniently and make it in the privacy of your own home, which, do you know what, during this day and age and in these trying times is very, very important. I, oh, I mean, they're both of us, but I definitely cannot live without coffee. And we were giving the Starbucks espresso roast a solid push in the studio before I left. You can discover your own perfect match by checking out the Starbucks at Home website, www.starbucksathome.com forward slash au or you can just go and visit your local Woolies or Coles. Now let's get into the episode. very special bonus little episode. This is the big cheese of the episodes. This is the one that you've all been waiting for. The big kahuna. It is. <laughs> Don't talk about Jimmy like that. Oh, the big mamba. <laughs> <laughs> been wanting to stick my teeth into this for a while now. All right, you're getting weird. I know <sighs> that we keep, <laughs> we keep saying we're inching closer and closer and closer to the day that Matty J won't be on the podcast anymore. But apparently today is not that day. No, this is such a special bonus episode. And that's because we are interviewing Holly and Jimmy, the king and queen of Bachelor. Well, aren't we the king and queen of Bachelor? No, we're like the old haggard, like crusty has-beens. We're the people still hanging on recapping the new people. <laughs> we'll be 70 and being like, welcome back to Bachelor Card <laughs> season 57? <laughs> I'll literally have no hair. I'm going to have less hair than you. That's the really upsetting thing about our relationship is that I'm balding at a faster rate than you are. So much to look forward to. I cannot wait. We do want to say a very big thank you to our sponsor, which is Starbucks at Home, which makes a delicious, creamy cup of capsule coffee all in the privacy of your own home. So we were supposed to be sitting down with Holly and Jimmy in the flesh, enjoying a nice cup of coffee, getting down to the bottom, the nitty gritty, just what it's like now that they can be out free and wild and luscious in the real world. But instead, this is a Zoom chat and we are at home with our Starbucks by Nespresso Italian style roast which is the newest coffee in their range. And this dark roast has rich caramelized sugar tones. And Matthew, you know how I feel about Italians. Are you talking about the coffee still or? (laughs) Well, I don't know. A girl can dream. Anyway, we're going to get into this chat with Holly and with Jimmy. And now I just want to let you guys know, we start this chat off just speaking to Holly. I really wanted to better understand her experience. And like, as you know, we interviewed Jimmy a few weeks back. So we'd already spoken to him. He's old news. No one cares about The Bachelor anymore. We want to know about the winner. We get it. You won. (laughs) Move on. There's more to life than just winning one little measly bet, Laura. That's all I've got going on in my life right now in lockdown. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is I wanted to get to the bottom of how Holly felt and what her experience was like. Mm. But don't worry. We do invite Jimmy to have a chat with us because obviously we want to hear about how they are as a couple, what their plans are for the future. And we also have something that nobody else has. This is a this is a world first. You're not going to hear this on any other podcast and any other media. Holly sent us a voice recording, an accidental voice recording that Jimmy once sent her when he butt dialed her by accident. 
And some very interesting revelations were shared on that voice memo. I can't believe we've got this one. It's so sorted. It's so saucy. It's like hard-hitting news. It's going to be the front page of Daily Mail. You need to be a detective, Laura Byrne. So basically what we're saying is do not tough out of this episode until you've heard that voice memo. But anyway, guys, that is enough from us. We hope that you love this chat with Jimmy and with Holly. We are so happy for them. They have spectacular teeth together. They're going to have beautiful babies one day. And honestly, they make us feel old and happy. Haggard, like the old haggard bachelor has beans that we are. We need to get our teeth whitened. <laughs> <laughs> Today we have here with us the wonderful Holly, the queen of the bachelor. And do you know what I just want to say? Holly, how good does it feel to be a winner? Because I'm a winner, because you're a winner. Yeah. You're a winner, and I'm not Jay. Sorry, Maddie Jay. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you, Maddie Jay. <laughs> are you re- recovering from this yet or are uh, you still hurting? I'm still utterly pissed off, to be honest. <laughs> no, I, Holly, I, I'm very happy. It warmed my cold, dead heart watching, <laughs> watching you guys embrace each other and, and for Jimmy to say, I love you. It was a really beautiful moment. I loved it. It was so nice <laughs> to watch. Jimmy was crying like a baby last night watching that back. He kept on looking at me. Really? To be like, oh, are you crying too? But I mean, I was just very happy. But Jimmy's just there like sobbing. So it was nice to watch back though. He's a real crier, which I think is endearing. I love a man who's in touch with his feelings. Matt's a real crier as well. I, I am now. Now that I've had kids, I cry at the drop of a hat. I don't know if I cried for my season when we watched it back. Matt's lying. He cried. He, he, I don't think he cried when we watched it back, but he bawled like a little baby at the finale. And then you also bawled like a little baby when you proposed. So like, you know Did what? I... Consistency's key, my darling. Aww. It's nice to be in touch with your emotional side. It's beautiful. It is. I feel like there's nothing sexier than a guy that cries. <laughs> Whilst having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what Maddie takes? Tears make great <laughs> lubrication, Holly. Anyway, Holly, we, we have you here because we want to get to know Holly. So just so everybody who's listening to this knows, we're going to bring Jimmy on down at the end of this, but I didn't want Jimmy and Holly to be answering these questions together. I didn't want you to be giving us any like censored replies for fear of Jimmy overhearing. So I want the truth. Don't hold back. Okay, I won't. Jimmy, can you leave? <laughs> Kick. Fine, I'll see myself out. He's just sitting here like some sort of minder. Okay, I'll be back. Just making sure everything's you're right, darling. Okay, we're good. See you later. Holly, kick him outside, lock the door if you don't mind. We're good to go. Holly, before we get into the big questions, I want to start with the small stuff, the light stuff and the easy stuff just to kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. ease you into this. How do you take your coffee? Oh, I go for a strong latte. It's very un-Bondi of me though. No almond, no soy. When you say strong, how many shots are we talking? Two. Yeah. Mm, pathetic. <laughs> Matt does a triple shot in the morning and it's really aggressive. He doesn't hold back. Almost went four this morning, but opted for the <laughs> traditional three. That's a bit much. Yeah. Mm. It's an overkill, isn't it? Holly, what is Jimmy saved in your phone as? Because I know that like when you finish The Bachelor filming, I mean, Matt is still saved in my phone as like a avatar, but you have to choose a name. So that way, just in case the pap see, or just in case somebody sees you texting someone in your phone, you can hide it and you can say, oh, actually I'm just messaging. Stacy. Jimmy is saved as wheezy because he snores like an absolute tractor. Like <laughs> it actually could be a deal breaker. Did you at any point on the show think that he was going to be a snorer? 
Do you know what? Jimmy was such a polished version of himself, as I'm sure you were too, Matt, that I swear at one point I asked him if he was a snorer and he said no. And I mean, here we are. There's no going back now. I also feel like you've been lied to. (laughs) I know, exactly. I'm so glad he's not here for this. Thank goodness. Actually, I'd say it in front of him. But he kind of does a snore. It's like a deep ingrained snore up here that kind of sounds like he's farting from his nose. (laughs) Like it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Can you you give us a really good demonstration of it? I just, I want people to feel like they're immersed in Jimmy's nostrils right now. I don't know if I have enough phlegm for it. It's kind of like a... <laughs> and you'll look and over at him and he's just got this double chin. And was it night one? Yes. Was it night one where you realised, holy shit, I've just ended up with a snorer? What have we done? Australia's most eligible bachelor. I'm just imagining you guys, like, you know, consummated the new relationship, rolled over, and you're like, holy shit, he's a snorer. <laughs> I've been lied to. <laughs> All of Australia has been lied to. We've been led astray. Exactly. Now, Holly, I want to debunk one rumour that was circulating around you. Now, it's not if you're a Trump supporter. I think we've put that one to bed. But... Are you an actress? I was, when I finished uni, I did a very minor role in a little ABC kids show. And I had so much fun doing that. Don't get me wrong, but I've never been an actress. It was just that one little role that I did, but not paid to go on The Bachelor, not a paid actress. I thought it was quite unfair because you had one little role and everybody was like, ah, yes, she's an actor. I was in a tampon commercial. (laughs) And I thought it was a pretty good commercial. And even off the back of that, no one for a second thought that I could have been an actor. You were also a Lespex model. Like Matt was like a fool. Like he modelled in Germany and nobody at the time was like, oh, this guy's just in it for fame. He looks so disappointed. (laughs) He's like, why don't you think I'm good enough for this? Okay, let's head right back to the start. You said last night on last night's episode that you didn't fall instantly in love with Jimmy and that you don't necessarily believe in love at first sight. Can you talk me through a little bit about when those feelings really started to develop and when you got to a point in the whole process process or your personal journey, as we like to say, (laughs) where you were like, holy shit, I'm in a bit of trouble here. Yeah. I mean, despite editing and whatnot, the first night on the red carpet, like it was really nice to meet him. And, but I was just so nervous. He was so nervous. I don't really remember that day all that well. I know that sounds really bad to say, but I don't remember. It wasn't like this instant like sparks flying. It was for me, it was on our first single date and we just went and we did the paddle boarding and all of that. And it just felt so natural. I think we realized we had a drive over there. He had a bit of road rage going on. We had all the GoPros, of course, in the car, but it just felt like we were just two people without all the crew and everything going on. And we got down to the water and it it really, I've seen so many pap shots of seasons in the past and I've seen all the crew and you just see what the dates actually look like. And I was like, there is no chance that I will be able to form a connection with someone with all those people watching. And on our first single date, it was just like, I knew I was in trouble from then on because it was, you guys would know kind of one day, 12 hours of filming feels like six months of dating on The Bachelor. So yeah, I really, really liked him from that moment on. And then of course, all this girl drama and stuff happened and things went off course. And then um, on our second single day, it was right back to it. And by hometowns, I was completely in love with him. So, but no love at first sight. Did you ask Jimmy 
at any point recently, hey, why the hell didn't you give me the key to the business class lounge? What was that about? <laughs> I know. He probably had you in his ear, Maddie J. <laughs> Dick J. I take no responsibility at all for that. <laughs> Holly, you did mention just before, and it's something that I really wanted to ask you. You mentioned about the drama mm. that happened in the house and, like, we saw it play out. It was probably the biggest drama of the season, really, and um, it's it's pretty unusual for, I guess, the main character. I don't even know if you can call yourself a character. It's pretty It's pretty unusual for, like, number one to be embroiled in that much drama. I don't think we've seen it play out on many episodes or many seasons before. Can you talk us through a little bit about how that came to be? Were you even aware that these things were being said about you behind your back? And then how did you come to resolve that with Jimmy? Mm. Do you know what? I was – because – Obviously, Laura, you know, when you go onto the show, you get put in a hotel room with someone and my buddy was Carly and we had all these chats for, you know, five days. You've got nothing else to do but talk to the person. So before heading into the mansion and we had all these chats like we're not here for the drama, can't be bothered. You guys have met Carly. She's amazing. So pragmatic, just the kindest person ever. And and she was a really good influence for me in that as well. But we were like, don't want to get involved in the drama. And pretty much from the moment I got there, it was probably straight after you, it didn't play out on TV, but we had, I did a little paper airplanes thing at a cocktail party with Jimmy. And pretty much from then on, I had a little bit of a target on my back, something that didn't sit right with them about me. And I think it was, and I've heard this said before, I think you guys even mentioned it on the podcast once that you know, I must have just kept myself and I must not have made an effort with the other girls and I must have just been really standoffish, which wasn't the case at all. I noticed a lot of girls taking my humour in the completely wrong way. Like I'd say something completely innocent and it would come across... I remember I said something about one of the girls. I said to her, because we were talking about contouring one night and I was like, oh, your face looks really skinny today because we'd been talking about contouring the next thing I know the whole house is saying how fucking dare you <laughs> I know the whole house is saying Holly's a fat shamer she said that her face is skinny but her body wasn't and I was like how does this get misconstrued so then after a little while I, I spoke to Channel 10 I spoke to Warner Brothers and I spoke to the psychologist because obviously they're amazing with the support there but he was just like look you're not going to get along with everyone just stick to the people that you get along with and who get you and focus on your relationship with Jimmy and, and just be nice and civil to the others. And that's kind of what I did from that moment on about three or four weeks in. And it backfired on me because it just meant that I wasn't making an effort with the other girls and I was just sticking to the people that I knew. But particularly when you start getting feelings for The Bachelor, it becomes really tricky. And I wasn't there to make any more friendships than the ones that I did. I didn't really gel with any of the other girls. I, I gelled with Lily, Tani and Carly and, and I'll have them as friends for life. But all the other stuff, I guess, is just kind of riffraff now because it's insignificant. Yeah. And I think also one of the big things is that it's so easy in that environment when feelings are running high and you do feel, I mean, you, you can't not feel like you're being pitted against each other because you literally are. You're in competition with these women and things that can be said as a joke can very easily be taken very personally and as an attack, especially in that environment. And maybe in a normal day-to-day -day life, the reaction would be very different and the relationships with those girls would be very, very different. Now, talk me through, I know that the big culmination of that drama sort of started when you actually met Jimmy's sister and his cousin. What a great way of meeting your new partner's family. 
Talk me through what that was like for you because I I genuinely think it's so difficult when somebody has said something bad about you and then you have to defend yourself. There's no way other than looking defensive. It's almost like a double-edged sword that you're going to fall on by doing that. What was it like trying to navigate that situation? And also, I'd love to know what your relationship is like now with Jimmy's sister and also with his cousins. So look, this is actually, I've never spoken about this, particularly today in media when I've been asked about this, but I mean, it's you guys. That day, Melissa and I had a chat because she was, you know, producers said, to Melissa and Tani, who do you want to chat to out of the girls? And Melissa chatted to Jay and I, I believe, because, you know, some of the girls said that it may be us towards the end. And so I was kind of chatting to Melissa, having a little barbecue, and she asked me, as you do get asked on The Bachelor, are there any girls here that you think are not here for the right reasons or anything like that? And I kind of said to her, look, I don't, I want to focus on Jimmy and I, I don't want to go there. Pretty much after a little bit of coercing, I just said, look, I Steph called me a f- last week. Oh, C word last week. <laughs> Girlfriend, you can say whatever you want. It's the word that was used. We might even try and put a bleep over that if I can figure out how to do that. <laughs> yeah, so I said, Steph called me a C word last week. You know, I don't get along with her all that well, but, you know, it's up to Jimmy at the end of the day. I'm not sure if I see compatibility with him and Tatum. And they were the two girls that I I kind of mentioned, but it was all very much prefaced with this is my perspective and that's that. Little did I know all the girls were actually upstairs listening in one of the bedrooms to the whole chat. So we've, we've gone into this dinner party and I've gone... And these girls have just, like, come at me. And I'm like, hold on a second. <gasps> What's just happened? And only a few weeks later, Carly or one of the girls, Lily Otani, mentioned to me, by the way, you know that the reason that all of that happened was because they heard their names mentioned with Melissa. So that was the real situation of what happened. El scandalo. Mm. So then from that moment on, it was all downhill. But now Tani and Melissa... I haven't had a proper chat with Melissa yet, but I have chatted with Jimmy's family. Also, how bloody cute is his family? <laughs> how sweet are they? I actually like felt sorry for you last night when we were watching the, the episode and like your date got hijacked. But not only did your date in real life get hijacked, like it also hijacked the biggest portion of your episode. It was like we didn't get to see anything that happened between you and Jimmy because it was just like a two Jimmy's minute shot of, of you guys being like, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, we're, we're here because of this. And then it was, and then some random guy walks in front of the camera and I'm like, get to the romance. I don't want this awkward little meetup. And then 10 seconds of Jimmy's mum and dad just walking away wearing matching puffer jackets. I was like, what are we watching right now? <laughs> Such valuable time. But you know, that was not set up at all. Like they were walking because they were staying at this nice resort nearby and they were walking up and producers obviously spotted them and they're like, yes. So they just chased them down, mic them up. And they come in and Jimmy at first was like, mom, dad, we're filming. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> At least it was at that point and not when you guys are like getting hot and heavy and having yeah. an intimate scene. No, I'm just imagining it being halfway through the finale and he's about to tell Holly that he loves her. And Jimmy's no. mom's like, hi guys, I've got treats. Anybody hungry? The snacks? What a bottle of wine? Mom, fuck off. <laughs> I was really surprised when you had the chat with Jimmy's dad I thought that the conversation was really good. And even you guys came back to the table and Jimmy's dad was like, hey, double thumbs up. This is great. And then you left and he was like, nope, not for me. 
I was really taken aback. And then I was thinking to myself, I wonder what it's like now when you watch that back, if you look at Jimmy's dad and go, explain yourself. <laughs> hey, okay. Noel is the sweetest man I think I've ever met. We had an amazing chat, obviously. You guys know it kind of comes down to editing and whatnot. And there needed to be a bit of jeopardy. I mean, I'm not sure what Jimmy and my jeopardy was. I think it was that... I was too much his type. I don't know how that became our plot line. Or I was too much like his exes. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a great idea. Let's throw that in. No, but Noel is the sweetest. He's been doing a lot of groveling. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I will make it up to you, I promise. When I can finally see you, I'll cook you guys a nice meal. I'm like, we're good, Noel. It's all good. You're like, yes, you will, <laughs> Noel. Don't worry. I'm coming for you, Noel. So is the rest of Australia. I think, honestly, most people watching that last night was like... <laughs> What is happening here? Like you just had the rug pulled out from underneath you. Have you spoken to Jimmy's mum and dad since filming? You guys have had that contact and connection again. Yeah. Jimmy's been working in in Palm Beach for the last kind of few months. So literally every time Jimmy gets on FaceTime, it's like, it's exactly like the episode. It's just Susan coming in from behind. (laughs) (laughs) Then Noel, princess, hello. They're everywhere. They're always there. No, but they're they're super lovely. And I think, you know, when you land a guy, you land his family. So I've been very lucky with Just interrupting today's episode for a coffee break to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, and that is Starbucks at home. Now, considering that whilst we're recording this, Matt and myself are stuck in lockdown. We have two little kids in a two-bedroom apartment with a massive dog as well. Trust me, we need some coffee in our household. Starbucks at home allows you to find your perfect match and make a delicious quality cup of coffee in the comfort of your own home. I am personally a very big fan of a very strong cappuccino and I am the first person to put my hand up and say I love to put a little bit of the Starbucks at home caramel syrup in mine. I'm very, very guilty. You guys can discover your own perfect match by checking out the Starbucks at home website. Visit www.starbucksathome.com forward slash au or you can just head on down when you can to your local Woolies or Coles. Laura, I am handing back over to you and Matt. When we were watching the um, finale, I think one of the moments which seemed to be the most emotional for you was during the car ride to that beautiful gorge setting, you know, it almost became too much. And I know how difficult it is on that last day because, you know, you're just constantly battling in your head of like, is it me? Is it not? You want to, for a second, believe that it is going to be you. But then, you know, as a safety mechanism, you're like, no, maybe it's not. And then it all just became too much. What was it like during that day and where was your head at driving to that final moment where you met Jimmy? We'd obviously had that really nice date the day before, but Jimmy had said this comment about me being too much like his ex or something like that. And up until then, I was actually feeling quite confident. But I think, again, it was that element of jeopardy. It was going too well. And I think it just had had to be something that was thrown in there. But... I kind of came into that day, you guys would know what this is like. I think I had a four hour IV that morning interview and I was just at the start, I was super confident, super ready for the day, ready for it all to you know, come to an end. And then by the end of the interview, after talking about your whole journey and you know, having to rehash all this stuff, I was just a wreck. And by the time I got in the car, I remember driving and I was just saying to the producer in the car, I was like, I just, I can't, there's nothing left in me. I can't talk anymore. I remember her saying to the driver, just keep driving along this road until she, you know, until we get what her thoughts are and what her story is. So we were driving along this road in Alice Springs, I reckon for about 30 minutes. And 
I was just sitting there and I was like, I am so emotionally drained by the last three months. I never, every rose ceremony I went into, obviously we packed our bags. I packed my bag and I would pack it completely meticulously. Like a lot of girls would leave their toiletries or whatever, go into it a little bit confident. I was always like, I don't know where the guy's head's at because Tim Robards, not you, but Tim Robards said, focus on the girls that you don't want there. And then towards the end, start focusing on the girls that you do want there. Because if you focus on the girls that you do want there, you'll go crazy. So I'd be at cocktail parties and things and he wouldn't even be looking at me. I'd be like looking at him being like, look, (laughs) and get nothing. So, So going into that last day, I was just like, no matter what the outcome is, I just need this this is just too emotionally tolling by the end. So very happy that it ended up the way that it did, but I was just ready to hear where his head was at. Walking towards Jimmy on that final moment in Alice Springs, did you think it's going to be me? Or were you like, holy shit, I'm going home? Because I mean, this is the thing that people don't realize is that there's a very small period of time between when they've just said to the other girl, you need to go home now. And then they're telling you that they love you. So like Matt still looked like he'd been crying. And I thought he was crying because he was about to tell me he didn't want to be with me. But really he was crying because he just like smashed someone else's heart into smithereens. Now I want to know how you felt because it looked like Jimmy was still crying. Exactly the same. I had to do this like 200 meter walk in the, in the red dirt and the rubble. And I had to refilm that again like a few times because I kept on flashing my um, nude underwear. <laughs> so, Bloody hell, Holly. Stop getting your bits out. <laughs> I know. It was my last few moments of being single, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so by the time I got down there, he was like a mess. I think it had been about 10, 15 minutes since Brooke had left. So he didn't have much time to breathe. When he started, he started saying this whole speech about how he thinks he should be taking more risks, but is he playing it safe with me? And I was like, oh, shit. But then he was like, yeah, but no, let's do this. But no, I didn't know up until, right up until when he said the words. I thought he was, he was crying because he was about to let me go. So it was right up until the very end. I want to talk about Brooke. And I know that this is probably something that is a bit challenging for you because the final episode was really hard to watch. I think so many people were rooting for you, but at the same time, watching Brooke's heartbreak And also just watching how confident she seemed to be, which made the fall so much worse. What was it like watching that back for you? And was there anything about that that was surprising to you? Like, as when I say that, I mean, like, was it surprising to see what their connection was like? Was it surprising to see just how hard Brooke had fallen for him? Do you know what? I think you guys as a couple were were quite similar in the sense that when this was all over for us in terms of filming, we had many a wines and many a chats about all the things that I think it was actually advice that you you guys gave him to basically just say everything to me, whether it's going to hurt at the time so that nothing's a surprise when when it came out. And we chatted about everything. There was nothing throughout the whole series I can safely say that that surprised me. I think her intensity was kind of highlighted a lot more on the show. She's a very intense and she loves really hard, but she's a really beautiful, genuine person. And I think her intensity and this stage five clinger thing that seems to be kind of going around has really been amplified by by the edit, I think, a little bit. And I hate to say that, but I think... It was really hard to watch. And I think like Jimmy was bawling his eyes out watching watching what he had to do with Brooke because he's an amazing 
person. He's a he's got such a big heart, and to have to do that to someone in general, let alone on national television, is horrible. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy to watch, and and I think when the time's right, Jimmy and I would love to reach out to Brooke because she is a really beautiful person. Did Jimmy at the start of the season say, "Hey Holly, just so you know, I'm about to kiss eight girls in the first three episodes." <laughs> I think he set a new record, actually. That's why we dubbed in the name Kinky Captain within the first two episodes of the whole season premiering. <laughs> Is that a record? I would have thought Lockie Gilbert would have topped that. Nah, I think Jimmy smashed I, it. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Jimmy was like kissing left, right and centre. Good, he got it out of his system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have another question in regards to Brooke. And it seems like you guys were very good friends at the start. Like it really seemed like Brooke was the one standing up for you when this conflict was happening with the girls. It seemed like you guys had a close friendship. However, after Brooke came back from her grandfather passing away and I don't know if this was just editing or this was the setup or maybe there was something it felt like your friendship had kind of diverged a little bit and that there was a bit more separation between the two of you was that the case yeah I actually wasn't ever I've always thought Brooke's a really lovely person but I actually wasn't ever that close with Brooke she she was a really good person in the fact that she saw something going down at that the dinner party or the cocktail party and she stood up for me but we never were that close when she came back though she really came back guns blazing and and that was amplified a lot by the edit but she did come back and I think having had this weird thing go on in her family this really unfortunate thing with the passing of her grandfather and then come back and she'd been texting Jimmy and I think she just kind of had a new perspective on the whole thing it was like a real relationship I think for her and she left very much being a front runner and on tv it was you know an episode or something she was gone but she was actually gone for about three and a half weeks so by the time she got back we were all you know so Carly by that stage hadn't even had any one-on-one time pretty much with Jimmy and by that stage she'd had like two single dates or something with him so there were all these things that went on and all these relationships that were built and she left very much as Jimmy's front runner and then came back and she was like, oh, what's going on here? But yeah, I have nothing but the best to say about Brooke. I really do think she's a very kind, genuine, beautiful person. Holly, just confirming that right now you're at Jimmy's apartment, is that correct? Correct. And so what's the plan now? Are you Have you moved in? No, so Jimmy's just bought a place, I think near you guys, in um, North Bondi, and we're moving in together in a month. What? Oh, my place. goodness. I was going to wait for these questions yeah. to ask whilst Jimmy was there to, when you guys are, like, together on the screen at the same time. But holy wow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And we've had a few radio interviews today that are just like, you hardly know each other. And I'm like, yeah, but when you know, you know. So, no, we've got a pretty good pretty good idea of how everything's going to look. So yeah, moving in together in a month. Hopefully that doesn't end badly. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing could possibly go wrong, but I am going to give you one piece of advice. And I like that you've listened to the advice that we gave you guys up until this point. It's wear protection. We don't need any more batchy babies right now. Just like guys, take it slow. There's no rush. Lockdown is not a good time to procreate, even if you think it might be. <laughs> Can you make sure that you tell him this when he comes in here? Because he is getting really clucky, like really clucky already. So. Right. Cause I reckon run the gauntlet, take the risk, throw <laughs> caution to the wind. <laughs> I was talking about having baby number three the other day. So like, let's just stop. Anyway, with that in mind, let's get Jimmy on the call. I have a few questions for him. Uh, he has no idea what we have in store, but we're ready. Yay. Um, James. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Jimmy, you're being summoned. in the corridor, just like. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it that he's playing hard to get now. Definitely not. 
Oh, this is hello, nice. Guys. Hello, James. <laughs> hello, Jimmy. Captain Kinky, here he is in the flesh. We are great. Captain, Captain Kinky. Did you put on a bit of cologne? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yeah, well, you said I stink. He's before. getting pretty for Maddie J. We all know the true love story here. Yeah, I know. I do have a deep seated crush, but that's for another day. Looking as delicious as ever. We want to know, I mean, we've just heard the good news that you guys are moving in together and we want to know all of the things about your relationship. I think when you first move in as a couple, you really start to unpack like your partner's worst habits. For example, we found out that you're a snorer. Look, snoring's a strong word. Uh, but like, you can't hear it. You're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I refuse to believe it. Jimmy, what is Holly's worst habit? Um, uh, she goes, when we have a little tiff, she just goes quiet. Like, it's actually quite cute, though. But it's also not very constructive for <laughs> um, trying to talk about what the issue is. So I'm just like, are you angry? Are you sad? Are you happy? You're just not talking to me. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give you some Holly time. Yeah. That's not my worst habit, though, surely. I think that's no. quite nice. Okay. No, I've got a whole list. Hold up. Just I'll keep going. <laughs> okay, so 234. Uh, she. Wait, hold on. Can we also look at this? Before, he's written on this little page, I love you, and then I've pissed him off in an interview and he's actually crossed it out and said, Brooke, under here. Oh. <laughs> during an interview. Like, too soon. Keep on a toes. Way too soon. Jimmy, can you tell me, I think that this is a pretty important question I think that this can be a really polarising thing in relationships. Is it okay to fart in front of your partner? How do we feel about this? Maddie, what are your thoughts on this, mate? I think at this stage of your relationship, I think you shouldn't. I think once you have kids, then it's fair game. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, look, I, I, I like to think that you just keep that you, stuff separate. You are but very anti-farting. You're no, I just very like, anti-farting. I, I mean, I wouldn't like, it's fine. It's a nat- like we're all human beings. It's That's a not what you, you of said on the show and all the girls on the show will no. back me up on this. You made a very strong point that you do not believe in farting in front of a partner. No, I said I don't believe in farting on a partner. No. I, <laughs> I, no, it's because I had a mate who said he finds it really funny when his girlfriend farts on him. And I was like, that's, Yuck. I was like, man, that's weird. He's like, no, it's funny. Like, we're just like comfortable and stuff. I'm like, but she's farting on you. Like, it's like, if one slips out, like that's. Poo particles. Yeah, it's not, nah, not, <laughs> let's keep that separate for the start of relationship. Anyway, that got blown out of proportion. And then there was this rumor in the house going around that I only think that girls expel sweetly scented pellets that don't poo or anything like that. And I, <laughs> I, no, it's fine. If it happens, I haven't heard Holly fart in front of me yet. Your story's so changing. We're keeping okay. it. Do you think Holly has heard you fart in front of her? <laughs> Is this the voicemail? <laughs> you... uh, we have something that we would like to play for everybody. And um, I would like everybody listening to this to tell me whether or not this is or isn't a fart. Now, the backstory on this is that uh, Holly has sent us a voice memo that Jimmy has accidentally recorded. Like, he's butt-dialed her and then let it record for a while. There's a lot of, like, cluttering, banging around, just your normal, your normal. cleaning the dishes. Yeah, and then there's a noise at the 30-second mark, which we want to unpack here. It's very serious stuff. All right, I'm going to play it for you now. Is a squeaky fart. It has well, to look. be. 
<laughs> yeah, that's too far. Of course, you listened to like three minutes in. I'm a psycho. I mean, I pocket dialed you. I was cleaning the kitchen, trying to be a good lad, you know, just doing the dishes and one slipped out. <laughs> and it's not you the most welcome. romantic thing I've ever done, but, but, but like, of course, Holly found the fart thing and you listened to you. I listened to the whole three minutes. I was like, I bet I'm going to catch him watching porn or something. Oh, well, that but I got be. even better. It is literally a three-minute audio message of absolutely fucking nothing and Holly has managed to find a fart in the middle of it. Like, for someone who doesn't want to fart in front of their partner, like, sending them a fart in a voice memo is probably the best thing I've ever heard. I would love this. Thank you, Holly. <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> hey, do you want to say the good stuff? Like, the, the, I made you a little nice little thing last night. Yeah. I had the... Yeah. Not as funny. Okay. Well, to be fair, it's a very cute little fart. As far as farts go, that's ideal. Once upon a time, Jimmy used to send you flowers and now he sends you farts. Hey, guys, (laughs) I'd love to know, obviously, when we watch the finale, it all ends at that moment where you guys are embracing. You've just told each other you love one another. It's beautiful. What happened for you guys as soon as the camera stopped rolling? Holly just said, can we sell the ring and are we good? Like, is that all you guys need or do you want me to keep... Lying. Um, no, she. What? What happened? We got. We got. Oh, we had about twenty minutes of like drone shots, and and we were so tired. It was late. I mean, Holly had been. You know, you'd been waiting around for ages and ages and ages. And then we got you back. Broken to the up ho- with someone. I broken up with someone. It's very emotional. We got back to the hotel room. There was wine, uh, champagne, a beautiful consent forms, batchy cheese platter, and a consent form. <laughs> Wait, what were the consent forms? Wait, you had to sign a consent form. Didn't you? No. Nah, we just got down to ah. Hanky Panky. Actually, it's a lie. Matt ordered about 17 different meals and had eaten the world's biggest bolognese. And then he was like, I'm too full to do anything. I was like, this is wildly unromantic. <laughs> <laughs> it's too full to have sex with me for a while. Oh, look, for a while. Like 10 minutes and then, no, the, the consent form, yeah, it was It was basically like, we're both sitting there like awkwardly like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. So like reading it like, we take no part in whatever happens from now onwards. If any intercourse happens, that's on you and any yeah. byproduct of that intercourse, that's on you. So And there was just a box of condoms yeah. in the oh, And the box of condoms. You didn't use those though, did you? Right. And I thought they were chocolates and, um, and one of the minders... <laughs> <laughs> One of the minders said to me, oh, Jimmy, I've, I've got you some, something over there. And I was like, oh, thanks. That's so sweet. Like, that's, oh, that's really nice of you. Thanks. And then I went over and looked and I was like, oh, okay. Thanks. Like little peppermint chocolates. No, that's extra large condoms. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that you said any byproduct of the sexual intercourse that you have, we don't want anything to do with. Like, you're going to go to Channel 10 for child support. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure stranger things have happened. <laughs> I've got to ask, and I know that in a weird sense, you guys have kind of just gotten together, but we know that you've been together for a little bit longer. Holly just said that you are now moving in together, which is amazing news. I'm going to get a little bit excited here and ask the question, but what does the future look like in terms of like when are you getting married and will Laura and I get an invite to the wedding? <laughs> well, you guys did give us some very, very good advice. Yeah. I reckon you're just going to invite Tim and Anna and Lockie and Irina. Yeah, Paul, Maddie and, and Laura. <laughs> no, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's <laughs> to be fair, weddings are expensive and like, you know, we're saving for a house. No, no. Um, look, I think that the plan for us is oh, we're moving in together. I'm not sure if she's told you that, but yeah, we're, we're moving in together. So that's that's pretty big. And then, look, I'm 31. She's 27. I would like to have kids. Well, she said it's a four-year plan. I'm trying to pr- drag her back a little bit. 
to like maybe like three years or two years or who knows. So this is where you guys come in with the schedule thing that I told you to. Oh, really? Okay. We just need Marley to come back and interrupt this episode one more time uh, <laughs> for you to realise what it's actually like once you have kids. Now, I want to know, did you guys also sign the really secretive, elusive, batchy contract that says that you guys are going to stay together for three months after filming? No. Was that a oh, well, at least I, well, I might have signed and not known, but no. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was a consent form. Yeah, that was a consent form. Oh, that's what it said. That's that. Uh, I, no, we didn't get one of those, not to my knowledge. No, there's there's absolutely not one. There's this rumour that circulates every year and it seems to plague every bachelor couple, which I'm glad that you guys haven't heard the rumour yet. But the rumour is that there is a contract that the final couple have to sign and that is that you will stay together for a minimum of three months after the finale goes to air. And so it's nice to know that you don't even know of the contract let alone whether it exists or not no no haven't heard that one i did hear of a uh, there's apparently a contract that brooke and holly had to sign where you had to be always be smiling when you're in public we're wearing masks anyway over the last few months yeah so i don't know how that that's worked, another but... creative it must have came out of the same factory what has it been like since all the cameras have been gone since the filming finished I mean, I know that um, a lot of people might not realise this, but you do actually get to have some time together. Um, But then effectively a lot of your relationship ends up being long distance up until this point. Can you talk us through what this period has been like for you guys and and how your relationship has changed from when the finale started and to where you're at today? Well, I think the fart voicemail really (laughs) like kind of stepped us up to that next (laughs) year. So... Real comfortability. I, I feel completely... Um, obviously too comfortable with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when you, when we've spent a fair bit of time together at the rendezvous and stuff like that, but you, you're on the, I'm on the phone or every second of the day, like it's, I feel completely comfortable with her and, and I couldn't be happier. And I know that people listening might think like, oh yeah, like, of course you're hamming it up. It actually works sometimes. Also, there was no expectation. If it didn't work for us, we would have called it. It's as simple as that. Like, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste her time. So yeah, the, the whole batchy system does work. And, and I honestly think that we'll be the next happy statistic to come out of the whole thing. So I couldn't be happier. And I certainly wouldn't ask someone to move into me with my new place just for a, a three month contract. So <laughs> bring on the fart voicemails. <laughs> well, guys, congrats. Honestly, you look so happy. And even from the very first interview we had, Jimmy, and when you spoke about being in love, I remember Laura and I looked at each other after that interview and we, we were like, wow, he, he really does. Like if he's, if he's faking it, he's doing a damn good job because he seems over the moon. I was like, this guy will get a role on, on Home and Away as well if he's faking this because yeah. he's doing an exceptional job. No, I'm a terrible actor. She's, she's the actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the actor apparently. So. <laughs> From two old haggard bachelor husbands to the, the newcomers, like we just want to say we're so, so stoked for you guys. Thank you so much for providing all of the entertainment for us to do our batch uncut recaps. Our audiences love listening to the recaps. They have been so invested in your story and we are just so grateful for the two of you taking time out of your day to be able to sit down and talk to us. Now you can go off, go whatever new couples do. Fart on each other. (laughs) Have sex and fart on each other. (laughs) Can't wait. Thanks for having us on, guys. Thanks so much, guys. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks for all the advice as well. It's been really, really helpful. 
We hope that you enjoyed this little bonus episode, but do not worry, this is not the last of us. I feel like I've been saying, this is the last episode of Batch Uncut I'm ever going to be in, and then literally the next day, another episode. The next day, another episode. I'm working you to the bone <laughs> and not paying you. This is, okay, this whole Batch Uncut thing is turning into that song, which is like, this is the song that does no, it. Don't, end. don't. It goes on and on, my friend. Okay, so what we're trying to say is that. started singing it, not knowing what. Okay. I'll stop. Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> what we're trying to say is, is that we actually also interviewed Brooke and I know we said we weren't sure if we we're going to be able to get Brooke on the podcast. Which I totally understand. I, I think when you're in Brooke's position, sometimes the last thing you want to do is have to relive that heartbreak a thousand times over, but she's been an absolute legend and she is going to have a chat with us. So that's going to come out tomorrow. And honestly, it was actually so nice sitting down with Brooke. It was it was very humanizing and it was a real reminder that sometimes on these shows on The Bachelor, on all reality TV shows, is that we do see a characterization of someone's personality. And I think we really saw that with Brooke. But when Matt and I sat down and we did this interview with her, we got to see a little bit more of who Brooke is and what the experience was like for her. And we're really looking forward to sharing that episode with you guys tomorrow. All right, Laura, I'm going to end this one because I feel like I've got this one down pat. Tell your mum, tell your kids, tell your dad, tell your barista, tell The Bachelor, tell Osha, because we, we love, love love. <laughs> ah. This is the song that doesn't end. <laughs>